Carp and the Sharp, Episode 8. We're back. Solo episode for you this week. Jay's out on the road playing at a few poker series. Had a third place cash on Wednesday. Recording this Thursday if you're listening. Good score. Kid's about to make another deep run tonight. So can't blame him. Some of us got to have fun while the others were. It's just life, baby. The show must go on. Let's go. So this is going to be a different format. It's going to be short form. Quick recap of last week. I got Jay and I's cards out in front of me. We'll go through everything. Keep this 20 minutes or less so you don't got to listen to me rant. Um, Awesome, awesome week seven in college football last weekend. We had some massive matchups. Literally the one that everyone was anticipating from the weekend Oregon at Washington lived up to every bit of the hype. Oregon had a really good chance late. Dropped the ball. Washington touchdown late. Oregon chance to tie. Field goal. Miss. End of the game. Jay, I believe he thought Oregon had it. Him and I were texting along the game. Big Oregon guy. They had every bit of a chance it just seemed like a mismanaged game, poor coaching. They had time issues at the end of the first half, obviously missed field goal late. Bo Nix had a great game. Michael Penix lived up to the hype. Uh, 302 yards, four TDs for Michael Penix. 337 yards, two, D, two TDs for Bo Nix. So everything we were expecting came into play. The overhit, that was something we talked about. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. No doubt about it, 33-36. Washington, after that win, is now sitting in the five seed. They're creeping up pretty quickly on FSU. I think that could flip-flop if Washington, uh, they play Arizona State, a game they should handle. And then FSU this week plays Wake Forest and in Wake Forest. So obviously if that game's close and if Washington blows out AZ, I think you could see a flip-flop. So keep an eye out for Washington, Pac-12. That conference is coming. Sitting at the five seed. Wild that OU dropped another spot. They're six and out, six and zero. Um, obviously, Oklahoma had a big win last week versus Texas. So the fact that they dropped a slot in their bye week, a little bit offensive if you ask me. But who am I? Uh, moving on from the game of the weekend, big stinker. 
So on the week that Caleb Williams asked for stake in whatever team he's drafted to in the NFL, he has one of his, in my opinion, worst games in college football. I had money. That was the last leg of my parlay, Notre Dame hosting USC, Tennessee USC at that point, 21 seed Notre Dame. Notre Dame just put an ass whooping. They made Caleb Williams look legit silly. I mean, dude had three picks in the game. Sam Hartman didn't really have to do anything. Had two TDs, 126, clean game. Um, Estime, we talked about that in the pregame. That's a guy that I've been high on. Two TDs on the ground. I mean, Notre Dame just complete control of that 21-10 matchup. And then the game Jay was worried about, his UNC Tar Heels. I mean, I was ready to bet the house. I was going to put up a second mortgage on US, UNC minus 2.5. Jay told me not to. They went 41-31. I think we found our Heisman, folks. Drake May, clean game. Miami's D's been vicious. Ranked team. Drake May comes out and drops 273 and four TDs, just shuts them up. I mean, Van Dyke went off too, really. I mean, Miami's QB, two, uh, 391, four TDs, but he had two picks. So, I mean, clean game, turnovers win games when you're winning the turnover margin. UNC, the real deal. I mean, they jumped from 12 to 10, so they just broke into the top 10. If they went out, I mean, they're going to have a really good chance to make some noise going into bowl games, conference championships. So keep an eye on the Tar Heels. I mean, I think they're right there. Uh, outside of that, the only real notable game, I mean, we can talk about how, I believe it was 29 nothing. Colorado was up in the first half, lost to Stanford. Um, I don't know if that pushes Dion towards the pros, especially if Shadir decides to move into the draft. Does he move up? Imagine this, New England fans. Shadir commits. Bill steps down. Dion steps in. Patriots take Shadir. That'd be a blast. Ten years in New England of just the, the Sanders I mean, give Dion a chance at any level, anything he does, the dude's a winner. I'd love to see it. I really would. Uh, last notable game we'll talk about in college football, 18-ranked UCLA, traveled to 15-ranked Oregon State. Another game we were keeping a watch on. Oregon State's just too good, I'm going to be honest. 36-24, took care of business. Um yeah, I mean, just a clean game. Uh, UCLA turned the ball over a ton. Dante Moore had three picks. Oregon State, stout defense performance. I mean, really didn't do anything special. Just played a clean game, no turnovers. UCLA had time of possession. I mean, still lost by 12, so that goes to show. Again, I'm going to say it once. I'll say it again. You play a clean game in college sport. You're going to win ball games. That's a fact. Um, Storylines in the NFL. I mean, Chiefs continue to take care of business. Played a close one on Thursday night versus the Broncos. 19-8 under hit. Chiefs 
barely covered. I mean, what a game. Uh, you had the London game on Sunday. The Ravens kicked six field goals. Jay Tuck had himself a game. Fantasy owners loved it. Beating the Titans 24-16. Um, the Ravens lead, led, excuse me, leaded, led that game 18-3 in the first half. They left the Titans back in that. So, got to see if the Ravens can put their foot on someone's throat here. I mean, it seems like they're in every game they play, but they've yet to really, really put a team away. So, that's going to be a note to watch. Uh, outside of that, Bengals took care of business versus the Seahawks. Just not a great executed game by the Seahawks. A lot of opportunities there. A few bad calls that went against them. Joe Burrow barely sneaks out a win. Um, yeah, Seahawks were going into the fourth. Basically, tie ball game. They don't score in the fourth quarter. The Bengals just get a garbage time three. So 17-13, Bengals cover. Uh, Colts, Jaguars, another what was supposed to be potential playoff matchup. Trent Richardson's out for the year surgery. Colts are done. Jaguars, a real deal, 37-20. Um, they play tonight. Trevor Lawrence got banged up late, sprained his left knee. We'll see what happens there. Hopefully he's okay. I got big money on the Jags tonight, and so we're recording again on Thursday night, so this will drop right after I pop this out. Uh, so go Jags. I got Jags plus two. You'll hear that in my card, too, not to foreshadow. Dolphins, best offense, maybe all time, 42-21 versus the Panthers. Holy shit, that team flies. Keep an eye on the Dolphins, sleeper. If you can get them out, like, plus anything i mean i'm sure i can pull it up quickly but whatever that plus line is just throw 50 bucks on it i mean what's the worst is going to happen 50 would make you right now 500 bucks that team's going to be tough to beat especially if they let's say they go 13 and 3 and they're either the one or two seed, so they basically play throughout Miami until either the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl, it's going to be damn tough to beat that ball club. So great value right now at plus 900 if you're looking for a Super Bowl, like, kind of wide odds. I mean, that's awesome. Miami's damn good. I mean, I know some people sleep on Tua. He is what he is. But, I mean, when you're a system QB, I mean, Tom Brady before he was Tom Brady – just fit well in the Patriots system. So I'm not taking shit away from him after 04, turned into the GOAT. But 03, 04, defensive teams had just enough to get by. Tom, I mean, he could be like a Tua. But Tua's got way better weapons than Tom ever did. So, I mean, sheesh, keep an eye on that team. Um, upset of the weekend screwed me out of a ton of money. I had them move the line on the San Fran. They were ten and a half originally. I moved to six and a half. Had them in a parlay. One of the legs, and that was the only leg that missed. I mean, who in their right mind ever thought the Browns would win? Let a, I mean, 
even cover. I mean, you had P.J. Walker, former XFL player, wasn't even in the league last year, 28 years old, comes in, didn't do anything exceptional, but Cleveland's D, man, they're legit. They made San Fran look bad at times. Brock Purdy, worst game of the year, 100 and a quarter, one TD, one pick. McCaffrey hurt his oblique at one point, left the game, came back, left again. Weather was trash, but Cleveland showed up. They came to play, and they beat San Fran. San Fran didn't beat themselves. Cleveland played a great defensive game. Damn, Cleveland might be a team to watch. I don't think they make a run or anything like that, but they could play spoiler in like a first-round playoff game if they sneak in. Their defense is that type. I mean, the old Tampa Bay, Bucks, Warren Sapp. I mean, their offense, who was even there? I forget their quarterback's name. Was it Johnson? Brian Johnson? I'm trying to remember. Trash. Whoever it was, I mean, that defense carried them. Imagine you have one of those Baltimore-type teams that beat Sam Fran or the Tampa team I reference. Oh, my gosh. That would be a trash, trash Super Bowl. But everyone would love it. Um, outside of that, just quickly running through, Texans, are they real? They beat the Saints 20-13 to 13 at home. Texans are now 3-3. Three and three. They'll always be on everyone's watch. They're a fun team. Lions continue to win. I mean, people were talking about Tampa. They were 3-1 and one coming into this game, playing at home. The Lions beat them 20-6. So the Lions moved to 5-1. and one. Jared Goff looks legit. I mean, dude put up 353 and two TDs. St. Brown, buck and a quarter, one TD. I mean, the Lions are good. Another upset. Jets v. Eagles in New York. Jets pull it out of their ass. I mean, jeez. Drop eight in the fourth. They shut out the Eagles in the second half. So they outscored the Eagles 11-0 in the second half to win 14-20. The Jets score a TD with 146 left in the game. Brees Hall, nice run up the gut. Touchdown, Jets. Jets win the ball game. Insane. Insane. Nobody saw that coming. Giants were an upset watch. They had a chance against the Bills. They were on the goal line at the end of the game. They got a P.I. call. Had a second chance to punch it in, get another what should have been P.I. but didn't get called. The Giants very easily could have made the Bills a 3-3 ball club. But the Bills barely, barely sneak by at home versus backup Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Daniel Jones is out. Tyrod comes in, does everything he needs to, no turnovers, 200 yards. Saquon's back, puts up almost 100 on the ground. I mean, Giants obviously are in the bottom fifth of the league, fourth of the league, like the Pats are. But, I mean, they still got a lot of weapons there. Their defense is good enough. They're scrappy. I mean, that's evident. And then last game we'll touch on, and then we'll get into Jay and I's cards this week. The Cowboys played an interesting one versus the Chargers. Um, Cowboys were up seven kind of late with, like, seven something less than the fourth. The Chargers kicked the ball. It was a really bizarro play. Um, fair catch is called for. Defender kind of pushes the blocker into the punt returner. Ball drops, doesn't touch the punt returner. 
guy on the Cowboys runs over, maybe thinking it hit the returner, tries to dive for the ball, muffs it, picked up by the Chargers, originally called Cowboys ball, legal touch by the Chargers. Uh, they reviewed the play, which I didn't even know you could do on a legal touch. Maybe I'm wrong. And then uh, calls overturn. Chargers get the ball in the red zone, punch it in. So it's a tie game. Dallas drives back. I mean, bravo to Dak. Makes a, another game-winning drive. Gets a field goal. Um, L.A. has a chance with sub two minutes. Uh, first sack of the game. Parsons out of the freaking blue just steps up. Big sack on Herbert. Next play, Parsons gets through, rushing him. Rush throw, pick off, game over. I beat Shawnee B because of that two points I got on the pick. I beat him by like three quarters of a point. Felt terrible because I had Dallas's D. Uh, but yeah, awesome game. Decisive game for the Cowboys. They needed one of those. They obviously were kind of beating mediocre teams. The Chargers, everyone considered legit. And they proved that they can play with the big dogs. I mean, the Chargers are no 49ers, and we know what the 49ers just did. But big win, nevertheless, for the Cowboys on the road. And we'll see how they handle the Rams at home coming up this week. So outside of that... Quickly run through the major slates of the week. Um, we got three college. We got three pros. So Utah at 18 ranked USC plus seven fifty six over under. Again, just going to reference this a week after Caleb Williams announced he wants ownership of whatever NFL team drafts him coming off a stinker of a game. He now has to go up against Utah's tough D. I like Utah plus the points. I like the under. I think Caleb's going to try to force the issue to prove that he's the best quarterback in college football, which I don't think he is. I think Drake May is better than he is. I think there might be someone else like Shadir that actually is going to be a better pro than he is, but we'll see. With that in mind, Caleb, maybe a turnover to Utah keeps it close. They don't have the best offense. But obviously, if the ball is on a short field, they're going to score it um, under 56, maybe like a 27-20 game, something like that. Um, so I think that's pretty safe. If Cam Rising plays, though, this is a stack correction because Jay had referenced he's been playing a little bit this year. This would actually be his first appearance, so he hasn't played just yet. If Cam does play, he's going to play eventually. I mean, he's cleared. They're kind of keeping it under wraps, his status week by week and announcing right before the game. If he's cleared and he plays, I'd like to see Rising v. Williams. I think that would be an awesome quarterback matchup. Maybe then you get your over, but we'll see. Next game, 17-ranked 10 at 11-ranked Bama, over under 49. Tennessee just took care of business against Texas A&M, who obviously almost beat Bama two weeks ago. Uh, Bama struggled against them. Ton of turn, uh, ton of, well, I guess a turnover, ton of flags. Uh, just a poorly played game by Alabama. Um, I think it's going to be a slugfest. Both teams can score. I love the over here. This is a national game for Joey Milton, who wants to give himself some draft stake. I mean, if you look good against Alabama's D, I mean, 
Maybe you move from a late second round pick to an early to mid second round pick or maybe late first round. I mean, I really don't know how desperate teams are going to be in the quarterback market in this draft. Uh, but I could see this being like a 31-27 affair, which obviously would hammer the over, and that would also keep Tennessee well within the cover. I think Bama wins, wins regardless, but I do think it's a high-scoring game. And then the game of the year thus far, we've been waiting for this, the Battle of the Big Ten, the big noon kickoff. One team that wins likely going to be a playoff lock. The other team's going to have some work to do, but could still possibly get in. You have Penn State traveling up to 95 to Columbus with Ohio State giving up four and a half to over under 45 and a half. Like to start out with this being a low scoring affair, I love the under. I mean, if we're looking at predictive scores, 21 17 type ball game, it's going to favor the cover. So I like Penn State. It's also going to be a clear under. We're going to have some smash mouth football. Travion Henderson, Katron Allen, the running backs for both teams. They're going to have their work cut out for them, I feel like. Both teams have really good pasties. Um, Penn State only allowing 121 per game. Ohio State 154. I anticipate stacking the box. We're going to see kind of an old school Big Ten game. Um, Who can run the ball better? What team's going to block a little bit better? It's going to be fun. Close game, I think. Um, could come down to the last possession. That would be awesome if we had basically like the end of the Oregon game last weekend. If we could have that again in another huge game, that would be a sweat. So, But, yeah, I love the plus four and a half. That might be my lock of the weekend, and I love the under. Transitioning to the NFL. Lions at Ravens, minus three. The number's 42 for the over-under. This feels like a Lions plus spot being on fire and the Ravens losing to Pittsburgh two weeks ago Then a mediocre win versus the Titans, trying to give that game away last weekend. I mean, again, settled for six field goals. They're in the red zone like every other possession. So the fact that they only scored 24 last weekend is wild. Um... I'm building all that up, though, to say the Ravens are a top-tier team. Obviously, Lamar, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. They have yet to have a show-me win. I believe this is their chance. Um, Obviously, the Lions had a big win week one versus Kansas City on the road. Not many folks have an answer like that again on the road. So they still need to prove themselves. Obviously, to beat another great team. I just don't think this is a week. I mean, I think everyone's on the Lions. The hype's there. I think this is a week that Lamar shows up and Baltimore beats them by 10. So I love Baltimore minus three. I love the over-under. It's going to be a middling type score game. So like a 27-17 I like, the, I like the Ravens here. I really do. I hate to say it. I love the Lions. But I think this is a week that the Ravens finally prove they're one of the top five teams in the NFL. Um, so Lamar needs to step up in this one. Chargers at Chiefs, minus five and a half. Kansas City's given up 48.5 is the number. 
The Chargers just literally showed how vulnerable they were last week. Their defense is trash. Justin Herbert cracks under any pressure. So, like, like let Jones at him. All game, you're going to see some turnovers. His decision-making is horrible. Keaton Allen had some nasty double moves wide open two or three times. Never got the ball. Chargers easily could have scored at least twice. Like, there was all green in front of Keenan, and they just couldn't get him the ball. Um, so, in my opinion, I think the Chiefs just blow them out. They're just a way better team. They're on the road, the Chargers, at Kansas City. I mean, I'm sure Taylor Swift will be there. Travis Kelsey is going to be on his game. They're going to show her 25 times. Just going to get Kelsey all juiced up. Him and Mahomes are going to connect for two TDs. So, I mean, it's tough to keep up when, when Swift's in the crowd. I'm going to be honest. So, I love the over. It's going to be like a 70-point game. Not really, but it'll be cool. Five and a half is going to be an easy cover. And then that will lead us to the Sunday night game. Could be a Super Bowl preview. Let's be honest. You got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling south. No, excuse me. The Miami Dolphins traveling north to the Philadelphia Eagles. Minus two, 52 is the number. I love the Dolphins here. Um, the Eagles are mortal. I mean, you saw how they played against the Patriots. Not to throw that out there. I'm a Pats guy. We know this. Pats had a chance to beat them. Seems like every week after that, the opponent was in the game until the very end. They look vulnerable. They finally... Obviously, lost a game they were due to lose with a late win by the Jets. Exactly the MO that the Eagles have had all year, letting people stay in the game. The Jets bit them in the ass. Miami just scores way too efficiently. They're the best offense. Truthfully, maybe even better than those super teams the Rams had in the early thousands, late 90s. I mean, Tyreek's been berserk. Obviously, Mozart. Mostert, sorry, on the ground has looked really good. You got, what's his name, Uchin coming back this week? I could be wrong. I mean, that team cannot be slowed down. I mean, the, the Eagles D is really good. And even if the Eagles D plays great, I still think Miami puts up 27. And I don't think Philly scores 27. I think it's like a 27-24 game, which favors the over which favors Miami plus two. That's my lock of the weekend. The Miami Dolphins will win outright, sprinkle some money line, but take the two points and enjoy watching the best show on turf on Sunday. If you haven't got a Miami Dolphins national game yet, besides let's say you're in New England and you only saw the Pats game, the Pats D made them look like they were great, but not the best. They will show up, and they will be the best offensive team you've watched this year. And we're including Sam Fran against Dallas a few weeks ago. So just mark my words. Um, last but not least, Jay and I are going to run through our cards. He sent that over to me. I'll run through his first. I'll cover mine. And then... That'll be an episode. It's a short one this week. We'll be back live together next Tuesday. Drop it on Thursday. 
And I hope everyone has a great weekend of bets. Uh, so we got Jay, card, as follows. Penn State, Ohio State, over 45. Love that. Ole Miss, minus 6. Tennessee, Mama, under 47. Don't agree with that one, but good luck, Jay. Wisconsin, minus 2.5. Sloppiest team in college football. Let's go. USC, minus 7. Good luck. Lions, plus 3. We're fading each other a ton. Chargers, plus 5.5. We are literally fading each other. Dolphins, plus 2.5. Okay, we're back. Jags plus two. Love it, dude. Love it. Let's go, Jags. Packers minus one. JJ Parlay plus 581. Three team parlay. I really like this one. Penn State over 45. I think that hits easy. Ole Miss minus six. Love it. Lions plus three. If my theory's wrong on the Ravens and the Lions either win or cover, I think they're legit. They could be a Super Bowl contender. Mark my words. So that's Jay's card. My card, as follows. So, we have Bama, Tennessee, over 47. We have Penn State, plus four and a half. BC, Georgia Tech, under 58. University of Tennessee, plus nine versus Bama. Again, I think this is a close game. We'll see. Oregon-Washington State, under 62.5. Feels like a man in the suit. Both teams can score, but I think Oregon plays a lockdown game on D after last week. I don't think they give up as many points to State as they did Washington, but we'll see. Jacks plus two. Lawrence looks like he's going to play, but right before game time, we'll see. Assuming that's the case, even if it's Brethard, however you pronounce his name, um, CJ, I think that the Jags can still beat New Orleans. They're subpar on offense. Their defense is good enough. But Etienne is having a monster year. So mark him down for an anytime TD. Browns at Indy, 30, uh, under 39.5. No Trent Rich and nasty Browns defense and no Browns offense equals like a 30-point game. I think that's true. Commanders minus two at the Giants. Trap game last week for the Giants against the Bills. I think the Commanders just blow them out of the water. Again, Tyrod show or whoever's going to start for New York. Even if Saquon goes off, the Washington offense is good enough to put up like 24. Giants aren't going to score that. Falcons Bucks over 38. I mean, let's be honest, both teams can score. Desmond's been known to go off against subpar teams. Same with Baker. So, I mean, I think that could be a 45-point game. Dolphins plus two lock of the week versus Philly. I think it's a pretty damn good card. I think Jay and I are going to have a big week. I went 6-3-1 last week. We'll get Jay's official tally from last week and this week next week. But the boys are somewhat hot. So if you want to ride with us, check out those picks. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to post our picks all weekend. Jay's going to have some updates on his poker. Been having a good start to his week. So everyone stay safe. Win some money. Most importantly, just have a good time.